You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the ladies who lunch, and here we are. And now you know this place, Sardis. Yes. How many wonderful celebrations have we had here over the years? So many. Now, have you guys met each other before today? Did you know each other? I just met both of these lovely Isn't that ladies. amazing? Oh, Great. We're okay. concentric circles. Yeah. That's you know, right. We're all so concentric let circles. me uh, share my connections with everyone as a way to introduce everybody. Okay, okay. okay. Mary Testa, you and I, the last time, well, the only time, really. Yeah. Was it uh, the Oslo Theater, mm-hmm. uh, Nora Ephron's Love, Loss, and What I Wore? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you, by the way, are that experience was one of my inspirations to focus on doing something like this, a podcast show like this, because right? we all want our own dressing rooms, right? We've heard that. <laughs> you, get it, you stay in the business long enough, yes. You, yes. you get your own dressing room. Maybe your name on it. Uh, but this was one of those situations where all the ladies dressed together, and and all the sh- I mean I did the one in, at West Side too, right. and they you know we dressed in that little hallway, and it was so wonderful to to chat, to realize how many connections we had in, yes. with other people, other shows, and just girlfriend talk. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of I, I f- felt it was great for me because it was a way of supporting me and my ideas. Mm-hmm. And entertaining me. Absolutely. You know, sharing the mm-hmm. stories, the fantastic stories. It's so, so important for women to lift each other up. I just think that's it's really right. important. That's right. And yeah. as you, and, and then, you know, years since that experience, I'm going, you know, nobody gave us a playbook for being women in show business for beyond 50 years old. Nope. <laughs> you know, right. you have to kind of keep reinventing it. So mm-hmm. anyway, and by the way. Congratulations on the Tony nomination. Thank you very much. You're I in Oklahoma yes, still now, right? Yes, still doing it. Yep. Great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And you know, I, 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 I didn't go back to see Mary because uh, as a voter, you know, I'm trying to abide by the rules and everything. And of course, in that theater, if you've seen it, it's your mm-hmm. the audience is there. <laughs> and uh, you know, and when I uh, messaged you, you know. Your speech at the end brought tears to my eyes, and that production, a couple things eluded me. Mm. But I love the fact that you can take material like that and uh, interpret it in a way and bring yeah. other values that to it. That speech is gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God, the, the way you do it, Mary. And you're wonderful. Thank you, and you're wonderful. Well, thank you, ladies. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank and all you. the other shows that we'll, we'll cover. <laughs> and you. Susan Shulman. Yes. You know, you're just reminding me, uh, because I thought we went back to Meryl Dubusky. That's right. I was and How to Succeed. I, not on How to Succeed. No, but, that was but a little late. But Chorus Line. I am a little line. older. No, not Susan. much. But, but um, Chorus Line, I was one of those people sitting on the steps at the Newman Theater with Merle oh watching goodness. Chorus Line. Wow. So, right. What, you were in, in his office yes, then? Yes, I and was with, his associate. And you just reminded me, uh, well, of course, we, we got to know each other better State at State Fair. Fair mm-hmm. You know, because you toured I did the pre-Broadway tour, the Broadway, and then the post-Broadway tour, which you were not part of, but the... Right. So it was like a year's worth of That was another year? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, between the pre-Broadway and the... Broadway. Yes. She wrote uh-huh. this book. Yes. It's right. wonderful. Wow. Yes. You know, there's which, a whole chapter about State Fair and, really? and David Merrick. Yes. Oh my That's God. Which, which I want to. Oh, I want to yes. just read out some of those okay. things because sure. we all have a different perspective mm-hmm. when we're in the same situation. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Rush and that was just a really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and company I with Mary Bryant, right. who I adored, mm-hmm. and I didn't meet you then. But no, I was a peon. Oh, but, I, but, I, <laughs> but, but this is why but I got to work on Company and Follies, so that was pretty wow. special. This is what's yeah. so interesting about bringing again, uh, you know, um, the show business element, you know, mm-hmm. because you uh, are part of the family mm-hmm. and putting it all together. And as a as an actor, you know, being in the in the show, it's not that you don't want to be, you know. With you and talk mm-hmm. and share, but it's like you're, you know, you got your blinders you on. You're your doing job, the work. I've got sure. my job. And yeah. right, and and no, but I mean, reading this, and I thought I knew a lot. Reading this uh, shows me 
how much you, as a woman, mm-hmm. you know, do all these years, mm-hmm. you have to stand on your head and somersault and everything mm-hmm. exactly. to get things yep. done. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do sometimes. So I want to yes. talk about that competitive thing, too. Mm-hmm. Because it's difficult being yep. in show business for more than five years, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you and can Mercedes say that again. Ellington, oh, oh my God. Well, uh, we go back. You might have okay, to remind me. No, no, me. no, no. I, I, let me just say one yeah. thing that you uplifted the dancer community up. Because before you and before Chorus Line, um, it was the dancers were relegated to being background, you know, mm-hmm. to being. Uh, scenery to mm-hmm. be, you know, but that the importance of the dancers and all the years of training that we go through yes, yeah. and everything. When you came, that was well. Like, that's Michael know. Bennett's Valentine to yeah. dancers, you yeah. know, and we but just even today people yeah. refer to you as the. I, I know, I'm shocked. Well, they should. Yes, but they I should. will take it. People that's need so, to remember. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you is, said you were a June Taylor dancer. Yes, oh, okay. Oh so God. let me just <laughs> delineate all of her occupations. Yes, please do. Because there was a time, we, we, we probably took a lot of the same classes. Yes, jazz classes. Because there was a time in New York when I, you know, when I was a teenager and uh, a little ballet girl from Michigan who ran away from home, but that's another story, another <laughs> lunch. We read that in your book. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We do, so that's yeah. another thing. But anyway, yes. I was here, I was in New York, you know, and going to all those classes. And there was one point in time when I did my first Broadway show, How to Succeed, mm-hmm. Uh, Meryl Dubusky, and where I felt so proud of the fact that I could walk down the street and I knew every single dancer in New York. Oh, wow. You know that feeling? Yes. Because you're in the mix, you're going to class on your show, Mm -hmm. but every single dancer, so you start as a dancer. And and I I just sort of Googled, because I had no idea the, I know sophisticated ladies, uh, 42nd Street. Not 42nd Street. No, 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 um, Nanette, which I saw. I saw, I saw all the, all the the work you did on, on the Broadway stage. And then there's a, a fantastic memory I have of you with the Nicholas Brothers, who I was a big movie fan. And Mercedes, um, I'm just starting with what she does. I mean, that was, it was, (laughs) but it's a beautiful, a jewel-like memory of, of us being in London at the Palladium. And I don't know what the gala was for. It was a, It was for a, was so a benefit. Yeah, for yeah. the uh, English, you know, yes. actors, yeah. green room or something. Mm-hmm. And the Nicholas Brothers were there. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in a rehearsal room in Covent Garden. I remember going up there and f- uh, Fayard? Fayard? Fayard. Fayard. Yes. I don't think he was able to dance, or no. was he? Maybe he was the first time because we did. Who's Fayard? Fayard, Fayard is one of the and, and, and oh, 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 okay. Oh, that's, his, that's his first name. So yeah. oh, okay. you did this. Great. You did this great number. I, I remember the three of you. You were in this. What was that number? Did I you can't choreograph that? It, but it was. She took care he, of them too. She was you getting, were. Yeah, he was you were like, a little bit more disabled, mm-hmm. and we had to specify movement. That's right. And I remember being in the room when when Fayard would would be sitting and Harold would be up there, you know, doing it. And Fayard would be just watching so that when he got up to do the performance at the Palladium, that gala, that he would know. Anyway, I just loved that image of you taking care of them. You know, you were just like so... Because you're an educator. Still taking care because it's like went to the copacetics and Honey Coles and mm-hmm. all you the are, people. All the historian. I mean, I'm just getting it. Wow. Now, you are also a writer, yes. a director, a yes. choreographer. Yeah. Um, cursed. cursed. You, <laughs> have, well, you created the Duke Ellington Center, Center for, for the, the Arts. Arts. Yeah, 501c3. And uh, some film on that, you know, yeah. enlightened me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was with Andrea Shields oh, yesterday, yes. and oh. Andrea Shields mm-hmm. does this, talks about you uh, in such a loving way, uh, and that's when I went, I just my jaw dropped because that's when he said something about the June Taylor dancers, yes. and I used to go because I was a Peter Gennaro dancer on oh, Ed Sullivan, yes. and I went, oh my God, yes. we're, so, but you were in Miami. Right. Well, the first year, um, but you I were a, up there with, with the Jackie Taylor. Gleason show, yeah, right? She but was on my, with Jackie Gleason. My, my first year as a June Taylor dancer was the year that Kennedy was assassinated wow. here in New York. Then Gleason decided that because of his love of golf, he built a golf you know, on oh, the golf right. course, mm-hmm. the rehearsal studios, and we all moved down to Miami wow. Beach on the Great Gleason Express. <sighs> 
from that left from the beautiful now destroyed Penn Station that they mm-hmm. used to yes. have. Yeah. And we drove down and I was very trepidatious about going because we have to go through the south. And so And this was <sighs> this was after civil rights. This was yeah, this was the year after But it wasn't quite the in their mind. And right. He just decided he wanted to move down to Miami Beach. And so we got on this train, the, the Great Gleason I Express. I remember that. I remember and, wow. uh, seeing Jillies, newspaper articles about Jillies all the catered, girls getting on the train. And Jillies catered the, 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 the food. And Steve Lawrence yeah. was on with the Dixieland band. And so it was, you know, high time. And I'm going to, so they, they stop in the South. I, I won't say where. But they stop in the South for PR. And they said, we want everybody to go out on the platform you know, and uh, for pictures and to wave to the people and everything. And I didn't want to get out. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm having pictures of Billie Holiday's strange fruit hanging from the trees, you know. Had so you I didn't negotiated be... through that kind of stuff before in New York? In not really. Way. Yeah, in okay. Yeah, right. that would, New York was, was probably a little bit different. Blatant, you know. Yeah. But, not but, in, but not as much as yeah. you, you. So well, I'm standing there and somebody from the back of the crowd yells out, What's that colored girl doing up there? Oh. So there we went, and I'm saying, mm. I'm in for sure. I'm getting in back in the train. <laughs> yes. And before I could get in, Gleason reached his arm out and drew me under his armpit, and he said, you stay right here. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he... Were you the only black woman in the junior... Yeah. yeah. You were, and, and I love the way Andre put it, you were an activist before you knew it. I, yeah, it was, it was... Because you were just there... I was you dancing know, because right? we used to go to these auditions just to learn the, converse, the combination and the combination would be a free jazz class, <laughs> you know, so we'd go. And most of the time, all the people of color, we knew we might not get the job, even for Broadway shows. So we'd go with like a club and then we'd have coffee afterwards. But we had a free jazz class, you know, and it was a, a it was a thing because um, we had to keep our spirits up and, and so, going. So, yeah, that's, that's a point in time yeah, yeah. that really interests me. That's because when, I, when mm-hmm. I came to New York, because I was there when Sammy Davis integrated the, um, with Golden Boy. Yes. There were no uh, um, African-American musicians. And surely not, they didn't mix. In the mix. pit. They didn't mix us. Right. You know, yeah. it was like a black show, a white show. Mm-hmm. There so was no mixing. You, so that's what's interesting to yeah. me because I felt as a young girl, a frightened young girl, acting like she wasn't scared. I was dealing with a lot of stuff, uh, and one of the things I liked about New York and theater, once I was able to get into it, it felt like a, Mm, the, it created the aura of uh, acceptance and tolerance. It's an aura. Do you know what I mean? It's not maybe, you know, 100%. Right. They're layers. they're but trying, you know. How did you did was it something that you and your friends understood when you went it that was there wasn't the product um, out there that re- you could Well, I remember we all decided because uh, Richard Kiley and Diane Carroll were doing a play, uh, a show called uh, No Strings, no Strings right? Yeah. And um, we said, well, Diane Carroll, maybe we mm-hmm. have a shot, you know, let's go and audition. Joe Layton was the choreographer, so we went and we auditioned. And uh, we were all prepared to get our coffee and go away, you know, but we just went to audition. And um, Joe Layton took us aside and he said, we don't know if Diane will agree to having uh, other people of color because it might be a distraction from her stardom or whatever. And so we went to get coffee. So that was (laughs) the key word, you know, we went to get coffee. So we went to get coffee and then we came back and he told us, he said, no, she doesn't think that it would be a good idea so I'm sorry but you are not going to be doing the show and he was the director yeah he was the director too yeah yeah Yeah, Joe Mm -hmm. who's great but so yeah well that was the 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 temperature I mean it was it It was was, but it was not only that because in another show I wasn't hired and I think Bayork did this show and I, I won't mention his name he didn't hire me because he said my last name I didn't need to work I didn't need the money what yeah Oh, my God. That's that another amazing. insult. The stupid is, yeah. has been running through for a long time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. So, so, yeah. so that, I mean, it, it's just so, uh, you know, because my first job, I, I mentioned another show, was uh, when I got to New York, after I ran away from home, yes. uh, was to play before civil rights. Yeah. And I went, and it was like an eye-opening experience because I remember traveling to my first, what they called then, the Negro Colleges. Yes. And it was a David T. Marr put this little dance troupe together. Mm-hmm. 
about seven people and one male singer. And yeah. so we did Martha Graham, we did ballet, yes. we did Broadway, and we would play the South, like um, one night stands in these oh colleges. We checked in the hotel, and I remember my, I'm like going to my first job, I couldn't get a taxi because I didn't understand what that meant for colored only, for white only. Yes, yes. So I finally jumped in, in front of a taxi because I had my costume and the plastic and everything, and uh, I was desperate to get there, and he stopped, and I said, I have to go to this college, and he uh, was a black driver, and he kind of put two and two together. He said, get in, but you have to lie down. Oh, wow. Can't be seen mixed. And I was on the floor, whatever it takes, and I'm holding my costume up like this so it doesn't wrinkle. He got me there, and of course, when I told George Wolfe this story, because I was gonna put it in in a show, he said, I said, you know, he was protecting me. And I said, he said, no, he, wa- he didn't want to get shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so he wanted me to himself. get there. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so I went, oh, yeah. I, uh, I had no idea. Yeah. That's but it was, a, it was astounding. A, it was yeah. a really, really. Well, so the, the, there's some humor as well because, like, my grandfather was also touring the South, and it was still segregated where you had to get in the back of the bus. And so a group of the musicians, before their performance, they decided they wanted to take a tour of the city, and so they got on board. And amongst them was Barney Begard, who Barney Begard is a reed player. He's light, light skin. He had light skin, straight black hair, and. Um, very, you know, uh, very confrontational. But that's kind of goes with the personality of that in- instrument. But that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they get on the bus to, to see the sights before their concert that night. And uh, Barney's decided he wanted to sit in the front of the bus opposite the driver. And uh, the guy said, look, Barney, we got to go to the show tonight. Let's go. We have to go to the back of the bus because this, that's the rules down here. And Barney said, no, I'm going to be sitting. I'm sitting right here. And um, he just refused to move, and the guy said, well, we want to do the show tonight, so we're not going to be in jail, so we're getting to the back of the bus. So Barney sits down, and um, he was from New Orleans, and um, the driver noticed him sitting there, and the driver gets up and goes over to him and says, you have to sit in the back of the bus. And Barney said, no, I'm sitting right here. And the bus driver said, again, you have Mm -hmm. to go with your friends and sit in the back of the bus. So Barney said, no, I don't. I am Creole. And the driver says, I don't care how old you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So stupid. So stupid. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. So, um, when, Unbelievable. one yeah. of the things, one of the things that, I mean, also, uh, sitting here, you were mm-hmm. born and raised in New York yep. and you were born and raised yes. in New York. How did that, and you were Philly. I got that. I was born in Philadelphia, but I was raised in Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like? Uh, you know, I'm always interested in, well, the, the question I, I tend to seem to be asking everybody is, uh, you know, why do people do the things they do? How, what, what, as a child, where did you get the inspiration or the, made the decision to go in this direction, to make Mm. this commitment? What, you know, like Priscilla Lopez said, Mm -hmm. you know, watching television. And and I watched the movies every Saturday with my mother and, you know. I did that too with my mother, all the oldies. And you're championed that way. So how was it for well, growing up in New York? You lived at home and were able to... I lived at to... home, but I also... My parents loved the theater. They didn't have any money, but they used to go sit up in the cheap seats, which in those days you could get the... It was the precursor of the ticks booth. Mm-hmm. There was some drugstore, and you could get tickets for 50 cents oh my God. and sit in the last row of the balcony. Of course, tickets and, were only $2 right, then, but right? But still, they couldn't <laughs> afford $2. But still, yes, but, that was a lot. 50 cents was a big deal. And so they would um, always go to the theater. And so when my brother and I were little kids, I think I saw my first show when I was five. And it was Flahooly, which was a big flop, but it starred, um, I know, but it, was, it had Bill Baird marionettes, you know, those li- life-size yeah. Bill Baird marionettes, and you were allowed to go backstage afterwards and meet the puppets. And I just remember, oh, Barbara Cook. It was Barbara Cook's first oh, show. Oh, yes, that's right. right. That's right. right. Yeah. And Uma. This is before Disneyland, Uma too. Uma Zumak, or whatever <laughs> yes. her name was. Amy Famous. Right. Backwards, yes. But Barbara Cook's Broadway debut and the puppets. And I remember the puppets, of course. But I, I just remember thinking it was like magic. How could you go backstage and see what actually had been on the stage? If you, oh, I just yeah. thought it was wonderful. And the next year I saw Peter Pan and I was a goner. Oh, yeah. And so I. With Mary Martin. With Mary Martin, who was my life. And you worked with Idol, and I 
sort of got to work with her later in life, but I adored her. But so, so I grew up with going to the theater and I always loved it and I never could imagine that there was a way for me to be part of it. I knew I wasn't tough you had enough. Dream, did you have dreams of being oh, on stage? Oh, I had or? done a lot of shows in high school and college like everybody, but okay. I mean, I, I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I was like, okay, you know, I was okay. But I couldn't, so I couldn't see a route to do it. And so eventually I did figure out that being a press agent used the skills that I did have, which were writing and I knew about the theater and I knew, I knew about it. You know, I'd been around it and I loved it. But I discovered that I, there was a place for somebody like me in the theater, which I had, was inconceivable to me. And in fact, you mentioned Merle Dubusky, who was a very distinguished press agent that I worked for early in my career. And on matinee days, we would cover the shows. We would go in and out of all the shows and sort of check in and take everybody's temperature a little bit and set up things and do whatever we did. And one day Merle and I were going in and out of, and Merle had all these big shows, including a chorus line. And we would be going in and out of the stage doors, you know, right here where Sardis is. And I remember he looked at me and he said, you're teasing me. And he said, you just love it, don't you? And I said, I do. And don't you ever make fun of me about it? Because growing up, it was inconceivable to me that I could walk into the stage door of a Broadway theater and have somebody say, hi, Susan. How, was, yes, how could that be possible? that's great. And yeah. so it, it, it was kind of a miracle to me that somehow that I did find a place in the theater. And because it was not something... Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, hello. It wasn't possible. I didn't know how you could yeah, do that yes. and not be on Thank the stage. You. That's amazing. Yeah. And the, the, so the first break was really... You just went up to his office and said... Well, I know I, I had actually worked... Before that, I, I had a wonderful um, experience. My really first big Broadway show was Applause, oh, and yeah. directed by Thank Ron you. Field. Oh, my goodness. I, I know. A little bit me. of fries. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Never after six. <laughs> no, nothing after six. No, That's right. right. But now you can. <laughs> but now, go yeah. on. Yes. But I, I worked at, Thank you. I worked on this big Broadway show that was coming to New York. No ketchup? Sure. Applause. Called Applause, which was written by Comden and Green, directed by... Right. By, um, thank you. Thanks. Um, Leroy Reams. R- R- Leroy Reams was in it. Bonnie Franklin, Penny Fuller. Uh, it was directed, by Ron, directed and choreographed by Ron Field. And I was the lackey in the office. I was a little kid. And I was one of... A bunch of press agents. Did you just go up to the... But I mean, well, I, I got a job with this press office called B- Bill Dahl. It was a very famous old Because you knew at this point you had put I together had sort of enough figured information. It out, but I, 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 but I, was a, I was a lackey. I mean, I was I answering the phones and typing and doing lackey work. But I had the gene. I knew yeah. I had the gene. And so I was working along with everybody else in the press office on um, the, the production of Applause, which was Lauren Bacall. And it was bon appetit, everyone. Written, thank you. Written, thank you. Written, the last time I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, no, okay. that's all right. It's not that fascinating. <laughs> it was written, this was a show created for, for Lauren Bacall, and it was kind of mirrored her life in some ways, and it was very much created around her abilities and her um, star power and everything. And I was, as I say, I was this little kid. I was about 22 or 23, and um, everybody was scared of Betty Bacall. Everybody, she was tough, yeah. and, and people were afraid of her. And so oh, she no, got these terrible nicknames like the Beast of Broadway. Terrible thing. Not so much then, but later. Okay. But she was tough, and she'd been through a lot. Her she she lost Bogart. She she was in the process at that time of divorcing Jason Robards. Her mother had died. She'd had a tough life, um, and she was great. I mean, I loved her, and I was one of many people working on the show. But because everybody was afraid of her, she would ask if something was done. And because they didn't want to incur her wrath, they would say yes. And then she'd find out. There you go. And then she'd find out it wasn't done and she'd kill them. (laughs) But I, with the innocence of youth and, you know, naivete, she would ask me if something was done. And I'd say, I don't know. I'll find out. And if it's not done, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. And I wasn't being manipulative or anything. I just, that's who I was. I mean, I was just an honest little kid. And the next thing I knew, I was called into the producer's office, Larry Kasha um, and Joe Kipnis. And they informed this little pisher, this 22-year-old kid, that Miss Bacall had announced to the producers that the only person she would deal with, that she would speak to in the Bill Dahl press office was me. Wow. And so at the ripe old age of 22, I wound up handling what became the biggest hit show on Broadway. 
Wow. And it was crazy because it shouldn't have happened. You know, I mean, I, I, that was nuts. But I rose to it and... But she, there are no rules, right? But there were no, no. rules, yeah. and she trusted me, and because exactly. she trusted me, and she was right. I mean, and that's, I, I was I was completely on her side. I mean, I thought she was wonderful. And without, like you say, use yeah. the word manipulative, with with just no, you just being, were doing your job. I was just do, being exactly. honest. You, yeah. That's when you wrong with that. You start the network years, and years later relationships because no. it's all exactly. about years later. Somebody who worked in that office who was much older than I was said to me. How did you how did you manipulate that? And I thought oh, you I thought manipulate. Was it a man that asked that? No, it was a woman actually. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, no. But the funny thing was my response was manipulate that. I could barely get my clothes on right side out at that time. You know, yeah. I mean I was a kid. Yeah. But because of because of Betty and because yes. I was an honest person and I yes. was doing doing Honesty my best. I suddenly was in this ridiculously responsible position of handling what became, you know, won all the Tonys, and she won the Tony in the show, and it was a big deal. And this was 1970. And you were, at that time, also, before all of the, the influx of the social media, mm-hmm. you know, you were where the press agent, yep. before merchant uh, marketing, oh, yeah. and, and, well, we and that's did, what I meant to say. Well, we did, we used to do all that stuff. You had to do yep. everything, yep. so it was really that re- those relationships you built. And, you know, totally. you, you yeah. uh, are the same way mm-hmm. as I am in terms of, my whole career, it's like, um, well, the ups and downs, you know what I mean? And I try not to get too down. Mm-hmm. But I, it, I respect the work so much. And being mm-hmm. in the room, as you do, it's like awards are wonderful, mm-hmm. you know. But it's yeah, like when you can go from, from job to job enough mm-hmm. and you're able to work with people who bring you back, like Michael John with right. you. Who I adore. Yeah. Who I love so mm-hmm. much. Uh, and, and it's really about the work. Any successful mm-hmm. person I've worked with, like Sondheim and Hal Prince, I could drop a lot of names. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really comes down, they all say the same thing. It's, it's about the work. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I just... And John Doyle, who's yeah. one of my favorite directors, you know, he had this thing where in the room... That's where all that wonderful collaborative. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's all of theater is a collaboration. And if you don't get that, then if you don't understand that, then Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to have longevity. Yeah. So the collaboration and the relationships. Yes. Absolutely. It's a a great joy. Exactly. And so when people know you want to be in the room and you want to strip away, there's no ego. It's just all about. Creating something right. and creating the most beautiful thing you can. And everybody has their job to do. Exactly. Yes. When people know that that's what you do when you're a team player and that's what right. you do, they want to work with you. Yeah. They want that in the room. Yep, 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 yep. I had an acting, well, this is a little different, but I had an acting teacher who said Eli Wallach was hired all the time because people, the directors, just liked having him on the set because he mm-hmm. was such a Because he was fun. Because <laughs> he was friendly. fun and he was probably right. smart. Yeah, he was good. good I actor. knew him a little bit, but I didn't. I had never worked with him, so I didn't know. But you know, that's true of every single job in the theater. Well, probably in life too. But I mean, you know, if you have a choice of three costume directors, uh, costume designers, and one of them is just fun to be around, mm-hmm. and they're all equally talented, of course you yeah. want the one that's yeah. fun to be around. You know, someone yeah. like Pat Ziprod or somebody. Yeah. You know, of course you do. Because it gets heavy out there that's on the right. road, so doesn't you it? Want, you want somebody that you feel <laughs> yes. a connection with and that you feel comfortable with and you feel a, a rapport with. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. true of every job, yeah. I think. Right, you know? right. So when, you, you know, when I did The Wild Party, Michael John, mm-hmm. that was the first oh time God. I met him. Yeah. And, and he's, I don't know if I'm speaking out of school, but he's a special talent. Mm-hmm. I think he's brilliant. But I mean, but, I, but, I, that's but me. also the aura that he sees. Mm-hmm. He has an, a, which kind of falls into his talent, his artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, his writing to me is just, you know, when when I was over there, I mean, you, he loves you so much. I, and he, I, yeah. to, I've done and this, five of his shows. This mm-hmm. day and age for a composer to create roles for mm-hmm. an actor yeah. isn't unheard of anymore. You, you know, know, the thing that's about right. him is that he writes women's roles like nobody. He really does. He wrote me a show called Queen of the Mist, and they just did it in London and in Chicago. And I had a moment of, because it, you oh, know, it was mine. It was written for me. It's mine. Yes. And, but then I thought, this is such a wonderful role for a woman over 40 mm-hmm. that I have to go. Mm-hmm. Share it. She, everybody yeah. has to yeah. Yeah. be able to play it. And, but you will have always created it. 
I just will. Just as Donna has always, you know, exactly. been with the person that's and you exactly have, right. you know, yeah. that's yours. So that's his, one of his many, his incredible talents is writing beautiful women's roles. Yeah. Really. I, I remember when he was in London, when we were just opening, I said, you have to write, because his p- politics, I don't want to get into politics. Yeah. <laughs> in Ruin the Lunch. <clears throat> but I said, you have to do the Trump opera. Excuse me, I'm choking. <laughs> don't choke. Mm. Yes, sir. Please. That deserves a choke. Yeah, exactly. If anybody could do no. it, he could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. No. So, so Mary, when, when you were, <clears throat> so you were born I've in I've stopped Philly. eating now to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, okay. I'll just sit here and chat. <laughs> So uh, I was I'll, born in Philadelphia, but we moved back to my Did you start parents. studying something, like, in the arts? When did you start go you know, for the arts? it's funny. My mother was a singer, and we used to sing together in the house. And that's that my high school didn't have a drama club. I, I was a teenager when I sort of went, you know, I think I want to be an actor or a lawyer. Where did you get those ideas? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> because I wasn't surrounded by it at all. The lawyers are very good actors. Yes, yes. exactly. Same, and then I thought, skills. no, yes. if I am a lawyer, I have to go to Especially school for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to be an actor. <laughs> and I just made a decision when I was like 16. So you don't know, know where there wasn't any one specific No, my mother, who was a singer. Yeah, yeah. Um, not professional, but mm-hmm. wanted to be. And you like the feeling of... I guess I had a natural voice. I can tell you a story. We lived right across the street from a, a golf course. We lived right across, well, my the house is still there. And it was right across from second tee off, second mm-hmm. hole tee off. And one day my mother went to the store, I think I was about nine, and she said, I'll be right back. And so I was singing some big number um, and just a big finish, and I heard applause. And I, it, there were like ten men at the second tee off, because I loud, and this, they heard it, and they applauded. And I was so like, oh my god! And I sat like under the window till my mother got home, and that was my first like, hey, you know what? I think I could maybe do this. Oh my god! Funny. That's a great, great thing. And then coming to New York, did you come with the purpose of yeah, I just, auditioning or do you had an apartment? I, or? I just, I had never been, I lived off, I went to school, mm-hmm. I went to the University of Rhode Island. I had lived off campus, but I had never been out of Rhode Island. And I just decided, I, I majored in theater and I finished my first semester junior year and had taken all my theater credits. And I worked three jobs for a summer and saved up. I think I saved up like $1,000. And I said, I'm going to just move to New York. And I moved to New York in 1976. And the apartment building that I moved into, I'm still in today. And I just went, I'm just going to do it. And I did. And I was fortunate in that I worked um, in college with a writer who suggested me well I met Bill Finn when I was in college okay. Finn. oh that's wow. good yeah and <laughs> so when I moved here we started really basically singing with Bill me Allison Frazier and Kate Pesek and In Trousers came about which was the first mm-hmm. Bill Finn show wow but I got my equity card because this writer that I had worked with in college recommended me to a, a director named Steve Robman do you remember him he's a friend of mine yes and he was directing a production mm-hmm. of The Rose Tattoo at the Long Wharf Theater. And he recommended me. Mm-hmm. I went in and auditioned. And I got, like, the, one mm-hmm. of the neighborhood women. Mm-hmm. And so I got my equity card. So things would just Probably fall. $150 then. I don't right? even remember. <laughs> Maybe I don't even not. remember. But yeah. mm, that was around, like, seventy nine eighty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's... Wow, never uh, stopped. You, no. you work as much or more than any... Woman, I know. Oh well, that's nice. You, well, you, you know. Whenever people say that to me, I go, I have to, I have to pay my bills. Well, Thank yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, that's 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 it's fantastic. But it, it's a testament to the way you work and what and that you're up there, always being truthful. You know, mm, I try. And uh, yeah, isn't that the point? Yeah, it <laughs> I think is. So, yeah. Thank um, you. So I appreciate sure, that. sure. <laughs> um, so, oh, there was something I wanted. You know. Um, in this, uh, I'm going to bring up. Well, I'm going to bring this up because it's like we're talking about, you know, the the when I was raised, you know, in the in the Midwest in the 50s, you know, there was an article I read a couple two weeks ago in the New York Times about women who are now very uh, successful professional women, not in show business, 
they're having like a delayed reaction <laughs> to that. the Me yes. Too culture. Uh-huh. Did you read that mm-hmm. article? Yes, and I Our totally didn't. identified with it. You know, and it's and yeah. it kind of like I when I use the word negotiate through things, whether mm-hmm. you're you're discriminated against or mm-hmm. as a as a woman of color or or a woman, mm-hmm. it's like there are certain things that when I came to New York, scared kid. But I kind of, because I was raised a certain way with the movies, with television, that I kind of accepted the yeah. status quo. Yes. Do you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I kind That's of, what happens. and, and yeah. you learn, I, nobody taught me or told me, I just had to learn by watching, observing, mm-hmm. that my place has to, I have to be very quiet and mm-hmm. private mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. secret and just find my way mm-hmm. to what I right. need to do to do mm-hmm. what I want. Yep. Uh, coming to New York, it was, I mean, I remember... I want to pass this over to you guys if mm-hmm. you have any, because it, it's kind of funny, and I don't want to say the name. I'd love to say the name. <laughs> oh, I, I wish you would. Remember Lewis Shore, the big agent? No, I don't know him. I the do. name. <laughs> the name. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny. It was a, there was a, a, I got out of there. But, I mean, I, it was like a B movie. Mm-hmm. I remember going for this interview, <laughs> and, I, and it was one of those big desks, and I literally w- was talking to him as he was approaching me, and I circled that desk in his office twice before I went out the door. It's mm-hmm. like one of those... It's like Sounds a cartoon. funny, but it wasn't at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. No. And I just scary. And, and then it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's okay, maybe yeah. another time. And I don't know. And I'm out of there. And then you just kind of breathe in, breathe out, and you just go, well, that's what I'm up against. Mm-hmm. And you and you don't report anything. You mm-hmm. don't complain. You don't, you know, because no and one's going to. Who gonna, would you have ex- complained no, nobody. to? So know? I'm I'm just asked, putting mm-hmm. that out a little mm-hmm. bit when because I just started thinking about all. You know, growing up in New York, the, the near misses. Mm-hmm. Did you, you know, have any uh, trouble with that kind of the sexist? I uh, certainly have. Yeah, in, in as fact, a woman. I, in fact, I, I wrote about it in the book, and I didn't. I didn't plan to. It's funny, but I. I had a photograph. I, I handled a show called The Merchant, which was the show that Zero Mustel died during. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know it wasn't. And you were a, doing that, and yeah. I was the press agent, so you know it wasn't a happy experience on any level. Right. But but the fact that he died during it was kind of the cherry on the cake <laughs> in terms of it being a terrible experience. But during the course of this, of this production, which was 1979, I think, um, Zero Mustel was fabulous on stage and not so fabulous off stage. Was known to be someone who did somewhat inappropriate things on stage and embarrassed people, and you know. Anyway, I had set up a photo shoot for Zero Mustel for Q Magazine, which was the precursor to New York Magazine. And at the end of the photo shoot, the photographer said, oh, let's take a picture of all the people that made it happen. And so it was his dresser and somebody else and me, and we, I sort of knelt down next to him. And just before the shutter clicked, apropos of absolutely nothing, he leaned over and grab my breast. Oh, God. And it happens that I have a photograph, which is, as it happened, I'm sort of shoving his hand away. Oh. Apropos of nothing. I mean, just because he could. Right. And I always had this picture, and people would say, what's that? And I would tell them the story, because it was just something that had happened to me. Did it ruin my life? Did I, was I scarred for life? Of course not. You just get up and you go, okay, that happened. But looking back, you think, you know, people that are coming out now with stories about inappropriate behavior that happened along. People are saying, well, why didn't you say something? And mm. I get furious because who would have cared? Yeah, no, who, who, who would right. I have told? The man I worked for. And you a, would, have, it would have hurt your reputation. I they would have, have been fired. you off, I, yes. But I mean, yeah. who, would I have been, who would I have told? The man I worked for, the press agent? He couldn't have cared less. Right. The producer of the show? I would have been fired. I mean, there was nothing, there was big Broadway star, little pissant press agent. There was nothing I- equal about the, 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 the power that we had. Right. So it was, this was, did, you know, did it ruin my life? No. But did it happen? But how do you, but then, well, well, that, that, yeah. Well, so this well, is how the thing. How do you deal so, with it? So I, I didn't deal with it. And I didn't, just, I mean, I just went on because there was mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, as I say, it didn't ruin my life, but it was so inappropriate. And he was just being a pig. There was no reason for this. And I was a kid, you know, like, it was just such a... So you a, talk it off and yeah. go, that's that. But the that, interesting uh, thing was years and years later, when I wrote this book, I sent that chapter, which was about the merchant and about Mustel and th- this kind of awful experience of this entire production, which was disaster ridden. And I sent this chapter to this person that I had been working for at the time. And this was in 2013. 
And he read the, and I said, I, tell me if there's anything I've forgotten or did I miss anything? I want it to be accurate and because and, it's a long time ago. And he called me up and he said, and it didn't refer to anything else in the chapter. This is just a very small incident in an overall uh, chapter, quite long. And he said, oh, don't you think he was just funning? Oh, God, oh, no. And this is in 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the person I would have gone to and said, yeah. um, excuse Funny. me, this pig just did something in it. How about we grab you in the ball? That's yeah, right. You exactly. Say, oh, I was exactly. just funny. I was just funny. Exactly. And so if that was the reaction <laughs> now. Well. Sorry, think, am I not supposed to say that? No, well, too bad. <laughs> too late. But true. <laughs> but so, so, you, so people that say, well, why didn't they come forward? Who would have cared? Nobody would have cared. No. And nobody no. would have done anything. Exactly. And, almost, and it's almost the same way today. Well, it's not so much better now, but I mean, <clears> then <throat> there was not... There but the was, women of that era was, or, you, just, you know, that... You just, time, you we say, had to, like, really just mm -hmm. be aware yeah. and uh, yeah. and we, we couldn't really... And the funny and thing is, you, everybody be. that reads my book comments on that particular... story. It's a very small story in a very long... You know, mm -hmm. it, it, but it but it's it hits an, it hits a chord with people yes. because so many people have experienced things that were just inappropriate mm -hmm. about power about you know whatever that were just wrong and that we but had it, to deal with. It falls into the the fact that you have to choreograph yourself. That's right. You have to Look figure it out. Look around the room, the exactly. situation. Mm -hmm. Where's the door? Where's mm -hmm. the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Yep. And see that you and can how do I have deal an with escape it? if yep. necessary. Uh -huh. And who's in the room? And it's, you just choreograph yourself mm -hmm. like that. And mm -hmm. it's ridiculous, you know, yeah, because why should you have to be aware of that? You're concentrating on It's a terrible way to be, be not to, to be, be free to yeah. be. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's another thing that they can hold against you and then say that you're not professional. Mm -hmm. And that's why that article in the Times, when I read it, I thought I'd kind of resolved those mm -hmm. conflicting feelings, like why didn't you take care of yourself uh -huh. or why didn't you protect yourself better? You know, and, uh, and and I just went, oh, I haven't really come. I'm I'm mad. Yeah, well, that's like what yeah. this really article was about. These women. These I didn't these, see this article yeah. well, in the Times. Only about a couple weeks, weeks ago. Yeah, but it was these were very um, established, prominent women in their fields. They were lawyers, and I mean, they were they were very established, you know, credentialed people, and every one of them said, you know, I've never gotten over the fact that this happened to me, and I didn't do anything about it no. or I couldn't do anything about it. And and exactly that, you you do think about those things and you think, well, why didn't I just knock his teeth out? Mm -hmm. You know, why didn't I just haul off and, and but and you couldn't. The no. value now, the value yeah. now is to, since I read it, it's like, well, bringing it, just uh -huh. sharing a uh -huh. little bit here, but but also for myself to just adjust my perspective a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to have a little compassion for yes, myself. Yes, exactly. And don't blame because, yourself. No, because that's exactly that, right. that what ha that's what happens. Mm -hmm. yes. We were having a conversation in the dressing room last Because I was, I was that way growing up in the 50s mm -hmm. and 60s, yeah. and I Women just Women speak people. so badly to themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's inherent. And the sooner we stop doing right. that, the more empowered I think we become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because no, we're always take no the blame for everything. Right. We're always like, well, that must have been my fault. Mm -hmm. or, or, well, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm this, so mm -hmm. I, that's why yeah. this. And, and we need to really stop yeah. that. That's the, the nurturing part of, like, the mothering part of women, too, goes to solve the problem yeah. or, you know that's what I mean? That's right, yeah. Take care of somebody else. Well, and also we were raised in a certain way with a certain set of mores and rules, and, and they did have to do with, you know, being raised to be a wife and a mother and to you know, fill certain requirements within a family unit and stuff. And then somewhere along the line, the rules changed. I mean, Wendy Wasserstein had a wonderful line that she wrote about that she was raised to um, um, marry a doctor. <laughs> and when she was somewhere in college, she suddenly she was supposed to be the doctor. You know, she was supposed to yeah. become right. the doctor. Right, like right, the, right. The, the rules changed. And, yeah. and, you know, we were all kind of in that generation where suddenly everything shifted a little bit. And... Yeah. and we didn't have to kind of do that, but we sort of did. But, and you could and, stop but, apologizing for and you living. Could maybe right. stop, exactly and you could right. be a little bolder and braver and more forceful, but there was also a part of you that said, well, don't rock the boat and don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't be too pushy and don't be too this. You know, and so there's always that yes. that mixed signal that came. Mm -hmm. And and But I love that Wendy Wasserstein line because it's true. true. Yeah. Suddenly yeah, the true, rules, yeah. the ground shifted a little bit in those years. Well, there's, there's racism, there's yep. feminism, mm -hmm. and now there's ageism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're going through the mm -hmm. shifts. That's right. Mm -hmm. of and the this addition. is like, again, you mm -hmm. know, uh, 
I, I just don't, I, I, I keep wondering myself. I go, well, nobody, uh, I never went to university, but I don't think they'd have a course for what do you do at a certain age. I'm in, into my, mm-hmm. well into my 70s, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, a dancer's life is short. But I want to keep moving yes. with dance illusion as much as I can. I love that. As long as I, can. I love that. No, but my, everybody used to ask my grandfather when he was going to retire, and he said, mm-hmm. "Retire to what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You don't retire." Mm-hmm. So I just gave a, a, a speech the other day to the uh, Zena Remet floor bar people. They're having a conference, and I said, "No, don't ev- take that word out of your vocabulary." I talked to everybody in my building. Um, I said, "Don't the, the retire doesn't exist. Say mm-hmm. segue." Yeah. Mm-hmm. segue from mm-hmm. one thing but to true. another. Mercedes, you are, are like, in my mind, a shining example. Do I have something here? <laughs> uh, no, me, me. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm See, spitting this on myself. This is what women do. You are the shining example of, of someone who lives the way she speaks, and, and you never stop. You keep going. You yeah. go you go strong. It's like we're, uh, we're bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but it steps. And she's always, like, starting ballroom, and I'm, you're teaching yeah, now it. I'm in the ballroom dance. And oh, she's like, you know, right. and I'm going to follow your lead because I'm not, you know, I don't do, like, what I go. I don't do windows or jumps anymore. No, <laughs> no. Just, exactly. Nor should you. Nor should no, you. I can do a turn. Can you do samba? Can you just yeah. point at it? You know, yeah. you're saying. Yeah. But no. I can still move my no, hips, and I can do it. I love Latin rhythm, so I'm going to, you know. And that's how I got to go to Cuba in March. We went to Cuba for a, a, a ballroom dance competition. Mm, wow. And my, my partner's my teacher. Oh, my And we came God, back with uh, two silver, two gold, and a trophy. Wow. Bravo. Mm. Good for you. I wanted to go to Cuba because that's the one place in the whole right. world that my grandfather never got to because of the Cuban Missile Crisis, where they were mm. on their su- southern tour, and they were just about to go there, and everyone was called back to the oh, United States. Oh, that's a shame, because he so wanted to go there. He wanted to go there, but now Winton Marsalis is going there, and he's got some members of that's his right. band. That's right, he has a whole, did they have an exchange? Yes, yeah, and I said, so I, I want to go back and take a band and create a band Oh, my there. gosh, you'll so. do it, because you, oh, yeah. you, have, you have a book. <clears throat> yes. And you have another one coming uh, yes. to be done? To yeah, be the, uh, Rizzoli keeps asking me to... Do an autobiography, and I'm like, <laughs> you have to, don't you think? But it's like I'm stuttering. I'm saying, well, blah, 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 blah. where do I begin? You know, I know. It's like, and it's uh, it's so much to, to to cover without the the emotions rushing up in you. I, I admire people who write books and don't get overwhelmed well, you know, by the it, information. I I, uh, I couldn't. I had to have someone help me with that. <sighs> I mean, just to organize. I mean, I did mo- like you know, eighty percent of the writing of yeah. it, but but I needed the help of a of a, a professional writer to just get the chapter, the co- kind of organize mm-hmm. and yeah. and you can type talk into. Yeah, you talk into a recorder and just tell stories. Yeah. or be with someone. I try to do that with Bill Shelby. Mm-hmm. I, Bill Shelby uh, was a press agent. You right. know, I remember, I remember I worked Bill. With him. Dear yeah. friend, yeah. Do you remember Bill? It's all. Yeah. And I would sit with him once a week. I was trying to record him once with my week. little okay. cassette. Yeah. His stories, mm-hmm. uh, they're fantastic, the oral history. But anyway, that... Yeah, because I've got three, three pieces of titanium in me, and I'm still, like, shoving myself around, like, when I put my ball and dance shoes on, like, <laughs> right. I, there, one of the pieces, like, my toe replacement is out of place. So oh, I have to my kind of God. Put it in the, and it's, it's ridiculous, you know. So that's why I feel very akin to when I see movies like Wall-E. I'm very, you know, I feel like I'm part of Wall-E's family. <laughs> you've got all that. You've I, got a toe? Toe replacement and two I knees. Never. Wow. And you're dancing. Yeah, I refuse to give Thank up. Thank God I for just, technology. I know. Right? Yeah. I think it's great. Now, can I bring up one thing about, yes. you know, your, um, I, I was listening to Andre De Shields, oh, you yes. know, in that little Puppy film dearest. that the Columbia yes. University honored you with a Lifetime Achievement Award, but you're still going. <laughs> um, and your trip to Russia, mm. that was so fascinating to me because what year was that? Do you remember? 71. When the Duke Ellington and his, mm-hmm. the, the full the band. band. We followed Alvin. Alvin Ailey went first he was on the State Department Was he the first Department American tour. company of dancers I to think go so. there? And yeah. then we were selected to do, you know, another five-week State Department tour. I was doing No, No, Nanette at the time. And I begged and pleaded because at that time, Actors' Equity only allowed you one week a year as a vacation. Yeah. Wow. And now mm-hmm. it's still very different. So I begged them for two week, two years. And two so years. I had two weeks <laughs> to go on a five week. And so we went to Moscow. We went to Minsk. We went to Rostov-on-Don, 
Kiev and um, what was then Leningrad. And um, it, it was, there's several stories about this because it was so weird. The musicians, you know, they're a special breed. You have to talk to them on another level because yeah. they're not human beings, actually. But... Um, <laughs> They, they, we went on, the, on, a, on a plane. I was so restless. I couldn't even sleep on the plane. I was walking around and so excited because I insisted on going because in my early years, I had wanted to be a ballerina. Right. You were a ballet girl. In yeah. Juilliard, right? I, went to, I graduated, graduated from Juilliard, but at the, in my time, there were no ballerinas of color. So I had to segue. So before Arthur Mitchell and the... Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So um, we're on the plane, and everybody's having a great time, and the musicians are cutting up and carrying on, and we land, and as we land, the, the people who were waiting for us, we didn't know that many people, they broke the police barrier. They ran out to, to meet the, the plane. Russian the Russian public. people are running, and they were running alongside the plane that's taxiing <laughs> in, and we're saying, they're going to get run over, <laughs> you know, they have to move. And from that point on, it was... Uh, I, they they took us to our hotel. They threw our bags in the lobby, took us off to see four acts of Swan Lake. After that long ass, excuse me, trip <laughs> I said balls. To Russia, so, uh, I said know. balls. Yeah, so you're right. But four acts of Swan four Lake. Four acts of Swan Lake, and you were like this, you yes. know, trying to keep your with the bolster competition company. already. We mm-hmm. got a Swan yeah. Lake Unbelievable. for you. Now, Duke Ellington used to uh, play on at the piano, and he'd have a glass of Coca Cola on the piano. And he put sugar in it. This is his B12. I, I don't know. What it, and so um, one of the promoters, Phoebe Jacobs, she wanted to make sure that we had Coca-Cola with us when he went. So she called up Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola did not re- return her call. So she said, well, Joan Crawford was a very big fan of Duke Ellington's, and she was married to Co- uh, Pepsi-Cola. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's right. Get, get the Pepsi-Cola <laughs> and send the Pepsi-Cola do not show him the can, and maybe that will be, you know, uh, a, a substitute. He will drink it with all that drink. sugar. He'll just think it's the water, you know, whatever. And so from that transaction, Pepsi-Cola got the contract to bring Stolichnaya, the first Russian wow. vodka, back to the States. Oh, isn't that neat? And Stolichnaya, uh, uh, the, uh, Pepsi-Cola became the first American soft drink in Russia. Wow. So, wow. It was uh, all because of that stupid trip. It wasn't a stupid mm, trip. But it, was, it was, yeah. But it was breathtaking. I mean, the did people. Did you love it, though? Did you? I was, did they, they must have loved uh, the orchestra. They, Duke they and, were standing at the edge of the stage. Yeah. They were back. They, they, uh, thrilling. They, yeah. And they had each of these people, they had musicians. They had groups of people who were musicians who had heard the individual instrumentalists on the Radio Free America, and they were emulating. So we had people who played their saxophone like Paul Gonzalez or Johnny Hodges mm-hmm. or trumpets, the Cat Anderson, or the different... So each of them, like, selected a musician that they wanted to emulate, and they were there, and they came with their instruments, and they had backstage jam sessions and... Thrilling. It's one, thrilling. It was unbelievable. But what the music will do, you know, how the yeah. music will keep the this people coming together. This is why I feel, I, I say a grateful prayer every day that I can work with music every day. Yeah. Yes. Singing or listening. It's so In a primal. world that's kind of topsy-turvy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So let me just add a point. Are <clears> you... Um, is this a new thing where Ellington at Birdland? Is that something you're this is uh, a thing, initiating? Yeah. The Ellington name was always associated with Birdland, and they were looking for new programs. That's a new program that you're doing, so right? So we've done the two concerts so far and a couple of coming up. We do it on a monthly basis. So the first one was Tap Ellington. The second one was Ellington on Broadway, which we did excerpts from Sophisticated Ladies and Play Fantastic. On. And then we're coming up on uh, Sacred Sunday, which is the sacred concert music. And so there's all these different suites that he had. He had the Shakespearean suite. He had uh, Afro-Eurasian Eclipse, the Queen suite. He wrote a right. suite every tra- for every time country, he traveled, he, right? you know. And wow. so it's it's a lot of music. That's fabulous. I want to I want to be there. Okay, I'm, and I'm you, gonna let you know. You, you get uh, uh, different. Who's in the group? Depends. Just like people that I'm can... hoping to get um, Stokes to do the Shakespearean thing oh, God. and um, create something that he can, you know. He can do anything he wants. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So um, there's, like, uh, a lot of different uh, situations. Like, we're going to be doing the Nutcracker around Christmas because it was the Billy Strayhorn uh, Ellington Nutcracker. 
and the take on it is um, very jazzy. So we'll use tap is that Strayhorn's uh, arrangement? It's both of them. Well, okay. Both of them. Um, and we have um, tap dancers and ballroom dancers involved. And I'm trying to get the boat. I'm trying to rearrange the place because Birdland is not that big, you know. No, it's and long. So when you <clears throat> mention Will you be downstairs about, in the theater or no. upstairs? Oh, the new one. No, no upstairs. The new upstairs. Upstairs, the new upstairs the is theater. the old one. They have a oh, new downstairs. Yeah, See, the I new don't downstairs. even know. Yeah, no, yeah. the new. Up, uh, it's a smaller space. The downstairs space. No, the upstairs. No, the downstairs space is actually really? smaller than the upstairs. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was going to be bigger. Oh. But. Wow. It's okay. not. So now we're trying to figure out how to get the gospel choir in the space. Oh, yeah, yeah. For Just the set Sunday. <laughs> you know I'll find a way. You know yes, I know you will. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Wow. And what's up What's up for everybody coming up? I was just going to say, before we get, yeah. get to that, I, when you talk, we talk about concentric circles, how, you know, our lives, we may not have worked together, but we kind of were around each other in order. When you mentioned Dance Theater of Harlem, I was the press agent for the first five years of Dance Theater of Harlem. And Arthur Mitchell sort of plucked me out and said, I want you to be my press agent. And, you know, here I'm this little white Jewish girl from New York. And, you know, Arthur Mitchell, who was the most charismatic human being alive, and, you know, whatever he said you would do because it was Arthur Mitchell. He was so certain. Oh, my God, he, he was confident. wonderful. Yes. He was just the most amazing I loved man. Him. I, I yeah, adored him. We took him. Uh, speech lessons together, Marion Rich. Oh, oh he was wonderful. Yeah, this is somebody I don't know. <laughs> he, he created Arthur the Dance Mitchell. Theater of Harlem. Okay. Yes. And he you know, created, he, he was one of the first people. He, who, I, re- who, I remember. He was the first pe- person of color in uh, City Ballet, right. New York right. City Ballet. And Ballet and and yeah. he, he was a, uh, yeah, he, he was a city ballet. Huge star, and then he But I remember he God. was, just at the beginning, when it was still an idea that mm-hmm. he was gathering mm-hmm. his friends mm-hmm. on the Upper East Side to be you know, on the board of directors. Was one of the first people. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he choreographed a thing for a few dancers mm-hmm. in Lincoln Center. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, great, mm-hmm. for, fortunate to be one of them. And I just fell in love with him because he was hilarious. He yes, and Melissa he Hayden mm-hmm. were great friends. Yeah. And and he was just so down to earth and funny. And then I went, wow, that's a very serious <laughs> yeah. endeavor, you know, to yeah. create yeah. a ballet yeah. company. But what he did was so brilliant is that, and it's still, it's still going. Yes, yes, yes in fact. That he created the school, which is what mm-hmm. you have to do to establish that, to bring... Right. The urban, you know, the kids Mm -hmm. in. uh, Because at that time, there were so many things that were happening. I remember the Urban League sent me to Radio City Music Hall to audition for the then Corps de Ballet, which they used to have. Mm -hmm. I got another one. Did you do it? They. That was one of my first things. They didn't. uh, Because. Because of color. But they didn't say that. But. Yeah. That was sent as a uh, as a test. They wanted to test them to see if they would. What, what about Juilliard? When, when you were doing be- classes, what about the I, kids in your class? Well, we were, were there... brought up in like a cocoon. You know, we mm-hmm. did not have any awareness of the outside world. We had fabulous teachers, Anthony Tudor, Martha Graham herself. But Jose you had kids Limon. of color in, wow. in your class? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. But they were, totally exce- but they were uh, accepted. They were accepted in the school areas. But when you mm-hmm. once graduate, you, you go, go out into, into the real world. Right. Forget about it. Right. You know? Well, our author used to talk about that, how when he was training at, at uh, he wasn't at SAB, he was at the um, uh, High School of Performing Arts. Yes, PA. And how really there was no place for him to go, you mm-hmm. know, and that, you know, when Balanchine said, come study with me, it was such a fluke because nobody else had ever had that opportunity before him. Well, well, I also have to, to, yeah. to attribute some something to my mentor, Donald Sadler, because mm-hmm. Donald Sadler... Yes, Donald, yes. we have that in common. Yes, yeah. did no on Annette, and he saw me in Florida with the June Taylor dancers, and he asked if I would be interested in... I said, are you kidding? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, in those sure. days, you used to try to get at, at as much work as you could to collect unemployment. Sure. I mean, this is the high aspirations you had, just to get mm-hmm. enough work to collect unemployment. And so I said, well, let me see how many weeks that would be, you know, and I'm figuring out. And so after G- Gleason closed, had stopped doing um, the, the Jackie Gleason show, I came up and auditioned for No No Net, and I got it, so. And he, then you were his assistant. Yes, I, I was his associate in a lot of different projects. And boy, didn't and you protector. love him? Oh, what a God, gentleman! What, yeah. Did you know no, Donald Sadler? No, I didn't Sandler. know him. Did I knew you marry him? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
like Lars. Yeah, no, no, I did not know his name, but I had never met him. You know, he we did Follies together, and then he choreographed and directed a a musical I did that we at the gosh Louise Lucille Lortel Theater. Yes, yes, yes. Sheba and and. When we did Follies, he would bring in, and he loved to to share the pictures yes. of the early days of uh, ABT. Yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, Jerome Robbins and uh, Harold Lang, yeah. and um, and now I've got all who, that in my storage room. Oh my goodness! I have two have huge his, storage rooms. Oh that is as you much have as my to write apartment. a book. You have, and it's to. collecting and collecting, and then another. Well, I know you'll do the right thing with it because she, that's yeah. What she everybody does. gives me their stuff. <laughs> I got stuff, stuff from I Bobby stuff. Short. I got stuff from June Taylor. I got stuff from. I got two of Peggy Lee's gowns. Oh, oh my God! God. Got to call Katie Huffman. She's yeah, exactly. Doing... Katie's doing the Peggy Lee show. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> wow, that's well. Amazing. I mean, it, it's a. I, I just loved him, and he yeah. was. That's fantastic because yeah. yeah. I I love those pictures of seeing yes. Robbins and Harold Lang mm-hmm. and yeah, he uh, used to put was... them all up against uh, on the top of the mirrors when we were rehearsing. And so he and, of course, Marge, uh, Marge Champion. Mm. Speaking yeah. of, of, yeah. of Marge, dealing yes. with aging, he was mm. one of my inspirations, too, because now I'm doing Pilates because Donald did it, yes. and I'm getting, you know, off an injury and, and getting strong again. But mm-hmm. the Pilates thing, and I remember him doing it, and he and Marge Champion yes. uh, would go rent a studio, and they did a little yeah. film uh-huh. about they it, and they would do their yeah. routines and, you know, just yeah. an elegant... Just have to keep moving. They Talented. can't hit a moving target. That's right. right. <laughs> I also like to say you can't. You have to confound people because my favorite thing to mm-hmm. hear from people is, "I didn't know you could do that." Mm-hmm. And all of us have such a, a capabilities, like a broad yes. range of capabilities, like making biscuits in Oklahoma. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. so I don't do that. Well, okay, but, this but is the I mean, I should. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But we have so much. We can't and, be pigeonholed, and we're now. always being pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what you do? Okay, yes, that's yes, what you're yes. always going to do. It's a safety so, factor, right? Yes. Yeah. So you have to confound them. Ellen yeah. used to say that's beyond good, good category. Motto. I like and that's that. the yeah. title that he gave to for um, Ella, Fitz, Ella Fitzgerald. She's beyond category. She could sing anything. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. That's you know? exactly I like to think of myself that way. Yes. Because I can do lots of things that mm-hmm. I haven't been asked to do yet. The Elephant Gerald so Broadway. Why think you're done when yeah. you've got mm-hmm. this ocean and you of have stuff? a book or two. Well, or I don't know that I'll ever write a book, but but you have Why it. stop yourself? Why stop yourself? Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's Because, I mean, when I think of you, I think funny and big voice and all those things. And here you are in Oklahoma playing a completely different character mm-hmm. than I've ever seen you do. Right. And there's a real heart and a warmth and a soul. And you're seeing a whole different shade in that well, show. Well, I like than, to think that I've done that in a lot of I'm shows. I'm sure you but, have. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of yeah, yeah. the big picture kind well, of thing. Well, that's what everybody thinks yes. of me. That yes. I'm funny yeah. and I have a big voice. That's right. But, but you yeah. know what, I, the, the, the word, what I love about you, one of the things I love about you, Mary, is that you're, the way you, you were so generous in, in t- talking to someone, I read this somewhere about the way you work mm-hmm. and about especially this this role because I love it's like that was very helpful because I like to do that too she uh, tell me if I'm wrong or you tell me yeah no you I, take a I'm... character um, she someone was interviewing her and and you talked about you take a character and you see, you decide what the similarities yes. are oh, okay. yes. with yourself. You yeah. start with yourself mm-hmm. and the elements in the character, the per- parts of the character, the character's character that you can relate to fit in, right? Mm-hmm. And then the imagination takes play. And then what, you find the differences. What, and that's where, but yeah. you're grounded, but um, mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful way of creating a whole, a total yeah. person. And I think you have to start with yourself as an actor yeah. in order to to see what, you know, how it resonates with you. You can't, like, just fake. Then yeah. you can have those leaps of faith. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, I It's I a beautiful, but that. not, you know, when people talk about how they work, sometimes it gets tedious and boring, but I thought that was very, which oh, is you're you. very clear, and it's a, it's a very good thing to, you know, to adhere to, yeah. I think. Yeah. You're very good about sharing your gifts, yeah. too. I remember during yeah. State Fair, you, I mean, you were here, you were this major Broadway star and you were, you know, playing... Well, a, no, no, but, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, with this sort of legendary career and everything. And I remember you gave dance classes to the kids in the chorus. And I Oh, thought, the yoga yeah, thing. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember thinking, 
they were thrilled. You, you know, it was just a lovely, well, that was, generous, you know, nice thing to well, do. Well, look, she invited us here today. That's right. Yes. Yes. We're getting yes. 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 And we're getting food. <laughs> that, was, that was, you know, that was a, a, an example of, we could go on because I have David Merritt question, but I know we have to end at some point. But um, that was a show that, like a lot of shows that, that don't make it, mm-hmm. the cast, it was a kind of a yep. loving, a very yeah. loving, loving yes. family. Well, I think all Broadway shows, you, you create a family. Yeah, I think some all shows, but, yes. you know, yes. Broadway, 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 Broadway. Sometimes, sometimes they're better than others. others. Sometimes yeah. they're more loving, yeah. and that yeah. was a particularly <clears throat> and it was a generous, shame that lovely we couldn't take cast. it all the yeah. way with it. But yeah. um, I'm still friends with a lot of people in that show. I have a show with Andrea McCardle. Uh-huh. That's right. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Keep it going. Yeah. Well, as we're winding down, are you guys uh, any anything you want to? Well, I thank you for asking oh me to be part of this. I'm, I'm very honored to be part. This is great. I'm, with Mercedes, uh, with well, Susan, yeah. with you. Well, we've got famous, famous. Uh, what's oh, her no, name? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can't do that anymore. No, 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 no. No, you're right. You're okay. right. You're right. I'm See sorry. I, 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 I apologize. You but. opened my eyes because I thought, have I not uh, paid attention or something <laughs> to the press <laughs> agent over there? Well, yeah. Because I thought they work. I mean, the the stuff they do for a, the show. We all have a part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. We all have Absolutely. a role. Yeah. So you don't need to ever, no, as no, your friends, no, no. diminish well, your... And that's partly why there was a book. I was telling yeah. you that to, mm-hmm. if I ever get into trouble, I'm not going to a lawyer. I'm going to the press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Well, on that note... Yes. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. 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 Thank Cheers. you for inviting us. Cheers. Wait a minute. I can't quite do it. Here we go. Okay. Even though it's... Thank you. Lovely to chat with all of you. Have yes. a nice. It's been okay. wonderful. <laughs> Onward and upward, I mm-hmm. say. Yep. We ain't dead yet. <laughs> Can I finish eating? Yeah. I'm starving. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.